Today, we chat with Kiana Smith Burnetto, who is the founder of the American Influencer Council. She has a long list of career achievements in fashion and brand marketing prior to taking on her latest initiative, which strives to sustain the integrity and viability of the influencer marketing industry in the U.S. She dreams big and works hard, and her entrepreneurial spirit shines through in our conversation. Kiana recognizes that there are many paths to becoming a practitioner in the creative space. She talks about the importance of being prepared and how doing research and becoming a subject matter expert in a wide range of industries has helped her bring new ideas to the table. Students should check out the resources available through the American Influencer Council and see if they can connect their universities with AIC in the classroom. Please enjoy our conversation with Kiana. Welcome to the Ad Undergrad Podcast. I'm Katie Moy, along with my co-host, Julian Lewis. Wait, stop the music. Katie, do you mind calling me Professor Lewis? But Julian, you're an adjunct professor. All right, fair enough. As practitioners of marketing and advertising, Katie and I wanted to give back to you, undergrads, recent grads, and those early in your careers looking to switch industries. In each episode, we'll highlight the career paths of practitioners and provide you with actionable knowledge to apply early in your journeys. Enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of the Ad Undergrad Podcast. Today, we have a special guest, Miss Kiana Smith-Brunetto. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to connect with you both. Definitely. So we wanted to talk about your career. Ultimately, we want to lead to where you are now having launched a platform, the American Influencer Council. But we want to figure out how did you go from political science and pre-law to where you are now? So tell us a little bit about your major and then how you got into this industry. Yeah. So I have my BA from Florida Atlantic University. And I feel like the degree really allows you to open doors. And so don't necessarily get stuck on the major. I was always passionate about political activism and social justice, which I feel like in 2020, all of those things are just so relevant. And I always loved fashion and design and experiences and that energy from the runway. All the old school models, Beverly Johnson, Tyra Banks, all of the Black models who paved the way in media where you got to see yourself in a magazine. And I didn't necessarily think that beauty or fashion and style and design was something that I could pursue as a career. I always was very traditional in my thinking, just because my parents were very traditional, it was like, you're going to be a lawyer. Okay, check. I don't really need to think about anything else. I'm going to be a lawyer. And then I went to work for a law firm, a litigation firm, studying for the LSAT. And I just was like, this is not what I see myself doing long term. All that creativity, all of those things that I like, the passion that I had for just connecting and storytelling like that never that is always just like that that's like my heart and soul that's like Kiana 
And so I put a check mark and a end to the dreams of law school and moved to New York City and took a chance and started styling and got an opportunity to work different fashion weeks and got to dress a lot of awesome young models like Elizabeth Jagger, Mick Jagger's daughter. And that opened a, a lot of different doors for me. And then, of course, the internet, you know, having a blog. Thank God for WordPress. <laughs> <laughs> so I started a blog and I always tell people, if you have a point of view and internet is a great place to put out what you feel and build a community. And so I was very fortunate to just recognize that at a really young age and took a chance and got lucky. And my first corporate job was at Time Inc, where I was the fashion and beauty editor at Essence.com. And then that was a huge pivot going into publishing, not necessarily having the foundation of maybe some of the other editors, but I was a hardcore blogger, very digital savvy, and could crank out articles at a rate that, like the matrix, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a really fast writer, good researcher. And so I got to touch so many different topics and was awesome at the time working in the style and entertainment group got to write pieces for InStyle, InStyle Weddings, and really worked my way throughout those different publications. And so I think getting my feet on the ground in publishing such a fast-paced industry, and you're creating at a rate that I would say that experience just, it was pivotal because I learned the most at timing I had all-star editors who were my managers and the intensity of what you're learning. It just set the tone for like how I produce the quality of how I produce content. And then of course, you're like getting access to all the top celebrities, Beyonce on the cover. Every music artist just wants to stop by and like, hey, we're dropping a song today. Do you want us to sing it for you? So it was just like this super cool, awesome time. And it set the stage for me of what I wanted to do career-wise. I knew I wanted to be a creative. I didn't necessarily know if publishing was the future for me, just as an African-American woman reaching C-level editor-in-chief, Condé Nast, Hertz, outside of an Essence or a Black publication, those senior roles didn't exist. And so I went to get my master's at the London College of Fashion, just recognizing that more education would allow me to have more leverage. I already had this great foundation, working with all-star editors, producing incredible content, and having access to phenomenal resources. And so getting the master's in fashion journalism was just another way for me to solidify my brand in terms of what I stood for as an expert in the space. I love it. So I, the way I hear it, it was instilled in you that you're going to be a lawyer from the jump. But you realized really early on that you just had a passion for other things 
that you couldn't really explore within the degree of law. And so you took that passion into being a practitioner by just starting on your own, starting your own blog, having the ability to design outfits for other individuals. And so it sounds like you went from, it's almost like if somebody before they even enters college could do what you did and then go back to school for it to really cement themselves as, yeah, this is legit. I think that's the path that you did. You just went on the little windy road before that, which is awesome because a lot of students who might be listening to this may have studied something completely different. And exactly to your point, the degree doesn't necessarily drive where you end up. Without a doubt. And it's just be entrepreneurial, absorb information. And it's kind of funny because that political science pre-law foundation that I had in undergraduate is definitely playing a very important role with the work I'm doing now with the American Influencer Council because we petitioned Congress in regards to the TikTok executive orders. We were part of the Power Schultz petition to Congress for the Restart Act to get more resources for American small businesses. And so did I think that I would be actively petitioning Congress on a regular (laughs) basis before this? Definitely not. Just having that foundation has really helped with the work that I'm now doing. And so because I do love the law, we've been pushing young people like your vote is your voice. Get to the polls and trying to get more Gen Z creators and millennials to register we onboarded two really awesome creators. Their platform's called We Are Leaving Early, and they're two professional young women that just talk about world events, but from a really youth-centric point of view. And so just getting them onboarded to the American Influencer Council and just showing like creators come in all different kinds of facets. You know, you don't have to be that fashion blogger to have a great platform. You can talk about politics and still build a great community on social media and have a great career too. Yeah. And I think that your point about leveraging what you studied initially and applying it to what you do now, I think might be something that we haven't necessarily hit on before because with that, you're at an advantage now. Yes, you're doing something that's completely different, but you're at an advantage. And for students who did not study advertising or marketing or communications, try to think about like how you can apply what you did learn to this industry now. And that puts you at an advantage because you have a skill set that many others don't have. So I absolutely love that you touched on that. And I think with continued education and us being in quarantine, there are so many opportunities for online learning. And you think with what Google is trying to do with their courses and so many universities offering short-term classes just to advance your knowledge in a particular area. I think that also just being a student of life, be hungry to consume information, know your trade, subscribe to every trade resource possible. The moment I started the American Influencer Council, I immediately signed up for FTC Watch and Commerce Now and you name it. Because if you're not informed, how do you stay on the pulse? Or big tech CEOs are testifying in Senate. 
I mean, I get an email alert, like any kind of hearing happening in front of the Senate, at least I know what's happening on the Hill. Did I have all those alerts before? No, I knew when Dior's runway show was, like that was <laughs> in the calendar. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you're doing, just be a subject matter expert. Whatever you do, go all in. When I was in publishing, I was all in on in publishing. When I, when I was working in retail, I was all in on retail. Whatever your focus area is, own it. And own it like no one else, because that's what sets you apart. And when you were at brands like U.S. Tennis Association and Sachs, how were you staying on the pulse in those industries? And also, where were you finding some of that creative inspiration to bring ideas that were first to market to these brands and get them executed? Yeah, I mean, just bringing up the Tennis Association, going from Nordstrom to Sachs, and then a huge pivot into sports. And I had negative zero tennis experience. Okay. (laughs) But the experience I did have was working with, I was at Serena Williams' first runway show at New York Fashion Week. And whenever Maria Sharapova launched a collection for Nike, all over Roger Federer's latest watch collection, all over that. So I knew what the players and the brands they were endorsing. And I was always on the pulse, like I'm a hardcore Rafa fan. So I loved the players and how they lived their lifestyle from the court to just their real life. And I thought, like, how could I take some of this pop culture, this coolness, this swagger, and bring that into the content? And so that was a huge curve because you go to the USTA and most of the executive team are all former professional athletes. Our whole board of directors are pros. And so here comes this fashion girl at the time, like I had my hair in a mohawk, <laughs> leather jacket. Love it, love it. <laughs> you know, walking in and people are like, okay, we want to know what kind of tennis this girl, what is she bringing? <laughs> and I mean, I was the last one to leave the office for weeks, just reading every tennis book possible. The history of American tennis, just absorbing everything. You need to be able to walk the walk and have vernacular because every industry has their business acumen. Fashion has its a very specific language, publishing, tennis. And so just picking up the verbiage of how people speak. But it was fun. It was a huge challenge because one, there's not that many people that look like me. (laughs) And but I was very determined and wanted to disrupt so we did so much really a lot of content that shook up that space tremendous like turning the doll into superman when he won lighting roger Federer's sneakers on fire so much cool content and the fans loved it I was nominated for seven Shorty Awards in two years and a wedding. (laughs) So, I mean, we killed it. People want to see newness. And that's what makes marketing fun. Yeah. And again, you're hitting on the point of, I am sitting there consuming as much content as possible, subject matter expert. 
And you recognized how powerful, I mean, it's an individual sport, right? You recognized how powerful these individuals were. And yes, people are huge fans of them, but you made them super fans because you made these individual superheroes, which is phenomenal. And selfishly, in my head, as you were talking about that, I would love to see you work for the NFL because they have their helmets on and you can't see them. And I'd love to see like how you could bring that to life. But you basically were taking skills that you had and applying it again to a new space, which is phenomenal. And I think for students, oftentimes they have their dream company that they want to work for and they start to build some skills. And they're like, I want to apply this to this. You might not get in that door, but once you get into another door, take the skills that you have and apply it to that. So that's, that's awesome. And this is the thing. I had a dream of going to my dream magazine that I read since I was like a 10-year-old girl and that didn't happen. And so if a dream doesn't happen, the ultimate goal is still there. You want to work for a brand where you have the freedom to create and that you have a manager and a team that supports you. And so go where you can find that. I've been very successful because I've been given opportunities where a chief marketing officer took a chance on me, created a role for me, and was like, okay, Ken, here's the keys. Don't burn it up. (laughs) (laughs) Or burn it just a little bit. Just burn it just a little bit. But we trust you to make change and an impact. And so I've been really fortunate that I've had some incredible managers. So I think it's like when, as you start to get into your career, really find a team and a leadership that you know will support you. Like you'll feel it as you interview in the conversations. So when I was at Saks, I applied for an opportunity that was uh, a creator role. And they flew me to New York City because I was in Seattle at the time. And we started having a conversation and I put a presentation together because I oh be prepared. Life is about being intentional. If I have the opportunity, I'm just going to whip out my computer. I'm going to show it. And so she, we were talking and she actually said, if you had an opportunity to create the team of your dreams, what would it be? And I was like, no, she didn't. I was like, well, I, I have a presentation. Let me just show you what the <laughs> dream would be. <laughs> and she was like, no way you don't. I was like, I surely do. And so I laid it out. Like I was like, here's my strategic approach. Here's what I feel is missing in my current role. If I had email, video, you know, if I had all of these departments, this is what I know I could achieve. And she's like, you could achieve all of this. I, was, I, I gave her like projections. I, I did a like forecast. She's like, well, if you promise me you can deliver all of this, let your director of social <laughs> media. I was like, no way. <laughs> she's like, yeah, you've got it. You got it. Let's make this happen. That's how I got that role. Employee number one. <laughs> That's incredible. Everyone needs to have just like your dream, speak your dream, put it out there, whatever you want in this world. If you don't speak it, you won't have it. That's what I believe. And I would add to that the hard work and the grit component. So having that dream, but putting that work behind it 
seems to be the theme of how you got places and also overextended even what you thought was possible, which is really cool. And now you're putting your energy into AIC. So tell us a little bit more about how you created that and what you guys are working on today. Yeah. So, you know, definitely nothing comes easy. It is a lot of hard work and hours. And I, I always tell people if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. So, you know, and you have big dreams, it's often you might be the last person. So it's good to set goals for yourself. Not everyone wants to climb the corporate ladder. Some people are okay being in a supportive role. So, you know, knowing what is important to you and also what work-life balance means too. I I don't know work-life balance. (laughs) That doesn't exist. But I also have a partner who is a robot and our quality time is sitting next to each other on our computers working. (laughs) So I got with the right person in that aspect. So my life is not by any means something to emulate. I have friends who clock out at six and they are super chill and they're super happy. And so just know your priorities, know yourself. I always tell people like, you know, your my dream is Kiana's dream. Like that's my not be yours. It's really important to stay true to yourself. And with the AIC, it's incredible collaboration of amazing founding members. And really I would say it's gotta be like a, my life, my career work coming together and time I spend in different professional organizations and time I've spent also working with different trade organizations and just the value, either the imprint they left on my career in terms of the relationships I made or what I saw, the impact that they made on other startup designers, an example for the Council of Fashion Designers of America. And so it really was just a lot of conversations with different creators in the space. And it's like recognizing just this opportunity. And so I had the idea on my living room floor doing yoga. And I was like, I should start the American Influencer Council. And then I told a couple of people, like, I'm just seeing from the brand side, 2018, the algorithm changes. And it is very difficult to operate on Instagram and Facebook. And I see all of my colleagues suffering, like everyone. Thankfully, I have a solid budget and I'm able to like pivot and figure it out. But like, all my fellow social media director, influencer marketing directors were like messaging like, oh my God, this is tough stuff. My engagement is tank steady. I don't know if I'm meeting my goals. Oh my God, none of my content's performing. And so we're all figuring it out. I was very lucky to like take a video first approach, be able to have strategic meetings with different partners at Instagram and Facebook. And so I ended the year on top, but I had a lot of friends in the space who did not. And that was like kind of the the defining moment of wanting to start a council 
that actually got professionals together to figure things out when a platform makes such a monumental change that just dramatically affects everyone operating in the space. And so I just started talking to people like, you know, how do you see this industry moving forward? What are the problems and opportunities you're seeing? What type of people do you want to collaborate with to try to solve these industry-wide issues? And I really just got a group of people who I call them change agents. We're all dreamers <laughs> who want to try to, you know, make some positive impact in this industry that has all, you know, brought a lot of us a lot of success. It's just an industry and a space that has afforded me so much opportunity. And it's just like, how do you give back? to a space that has one allowed me to be creative, experimental, meet so many different people, travel all over the world to create. It's just like one, I wake up all the time, like how lucky am I? We are very lucky to do what we do in this industry and in this space, especially as a creator of color. You can build your brand, build your name. This is a space that's just if you're hungry and you want it, you can find it. And so with the AIC, it's one of those things bringing so many entrepreneurs together who just want to push this industry forward, who want to be more involved, have more market share. And we just made our own table and brought the seats to it. That's kind of like what it is. That's so cool. I would love to understand when is too early to help to get involved with the organization. So like speaking to students or people who are recently out of school who are interested in this space, like how can they get involved and in, in help what you're building? Yeah, we just turned four months last week. So we are a startup trade org. We are always looking for big on cognitive diversity. And so taking on different perspectives, different thought leaders. So if you have an appetite to petition and you're hungry to make change and you have a vision for where this industry should be going for the next 10 to 15 years, we're really looking for people who are have a long-term trajectory. I think Influencer marketing has been one from the creator side really looked at as a gig or trend and we're trying to change the narrative. Creators are small business owners. Creators are so entrepreneurial and inspiring. And so I think of the risk takers from like my generation of bloggers who have like, you know, they have their own team, they're employing like 10, 15 people. I mean, these are like major bosses. So I, I think like this group is driving innovation in the digital space in an unprecedented way. And so it, it's very exciting because the future of tech is just fueling the U.S. economy. If you look at the big six platforms, they all had such strong Q3 earnings, Facebook, Snapchat. Pinterest, everybody really performed well in a COVID environment. So that just tells you the power of social media, especially when you think about, what is it? 3.6 billion people are using social, which is insanity. 
Yeah, that is crazy. And one of the things that was consistent based off of the different spaces that you've entered is that you just became that subject matter expert. And so what can students or recent grads do to become those subject matter experts in the influencer space? Is it like create becoming creators themselves or is there certain things that they should subscribe to or tap into to make sure that they have that grasp so they can have that edge that you bring to all the different spaces that you enter? I think what's great about our space is that there's so many different paths. I mean, if you are passionate about marketing, that's one direction to take. If you are interested in the analytics, which, you know, that wasn't necessarily like my main area of expertise, but in order to really, especially with the algorithms, like without being able to crunch numbers and look at what ROI is and how to define that in, I mean, a creative way, because success can be calculated you could take a multifaceted approach to defining what ROI is. Mm -hmm. I was able at SACS to really look at the numbers to understand like trends. What were my competitors doing? How do I get that advantage? I did that a lot at the US Open too. You know, we were able to grow really fast because I was just using tools like Track Maven to analyze the space. And so I think if you're very analytical and strategic, good with numbers, Excel, I mean, there's that's one way to also enter the space too. So the analytics side of it and the paid, you know, I love to run paid media and the targeting around paid is also, you know, how do you reach new customers? How do you bring people through the funnel? Like there is a science to that. Depending on what excites you, you might not be a creative you know, being on set and producing a photo shoot, you might be like, no, thanks. (laughs) I have no desire to be with big personalities. That's not for me. You could also just want to go through the management creator side, like agency side, talent side. Um, That's a whole huge space too. You think about like a Charlie D'Amelio, who's now family is about to be the new Kardashians. What does that look like? I think there is so many new talent agencies in LA that have like sprouted up because of TikTok. And so like, I think it just depends how you maneuver or the opportunity you see. Because I remember when TikTok started and people were like, all you do is dance. And I mean, like TikTok became the most important social media platform in COVID times. Yeah. Right. The dance challenges were by far like those are cultural moments. You know, there's a whole group of people who actually like just get creators to dance or to do songs or making moments happen. Do you want to create cultural moments? That could be something that inspires you too. Or the political landscape, like the whole meme culture. I mean, like you might be someone who just can excite people across Twitter and start creating all kinds of conversations based on memes. And that's so deliberate. People just think that just happened. Oh, no. 
this is a group of calculated individuals who are like, okay, we're going to make a conversation. Yeah, I, I love that too. I mean, I think I was asking for a cookie cutter answer, but I think the answer is that there is, well, there, there isn't one, right? <laughs> There's not. Because like you, you have to figure out what catches your attention, what you're maybe good at, what you're passionate about or whatever, and try that. And you can get into a landscape or an industry from a lot of different angles and follow the one that you feel like you'd make the biggest end in. So I absolutely love that. Yeah. And like creative too. Like I think like from the brand side, I'm seeing more job opportunities for people who specialize in social media creative. Three or four years ago, we're working with digital marketing creative teams and they would just dump you images and like, oh, you should post that. I think this new age realizes images have to be crafted for social. Creative teams are shooting vertical. People are thinking about content for mobile. And that's very exciting. That's great. And you actually have a resource on the American Influencer Council website to several different platforms, creator tools. And so that's also something students can look into to start to just get their feet wet in terms of what is an Instagram image looking for or what would be best practices versus a Pinterest? And that's somewhere that maybe they could start as well. I think it's really important to spend some time with professionals in the space. LinkedIn is my favorite platform for networking. And I find that 2020 has been a year where people are so more willing to connect than ever before. And so if you are interested in a career, reach out to someone who's doing that job, especially as a student, and ask to have a conversation. I have on my LinkedIn profile where people can message me for questions. And so you can see that option on different people's profiles. I cold message people all the time. Like I can tell you at least, 10 to 15 students a year will message me and ask if they can have a call. I never say no. I would be surprised that someone would turn you down. This has been extremely valuable. Just to leave us with one last thing, what would you tell Kiana back at Florida Atlantic? What would you tell her that would help her to get to where she's at now? Or would you say anything different? I would tell her that... You're going to hear a lot of no's <laughs> and that means you're doing it right. That's great advice. We really, really appreciate you being on the podcast. And if you haven't already, while you were listening to this, check out the American Influencer Council. Hit up Kiana on LinkedIn because she will respond. <laughs> I will. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Kiana. Thank you, guys. Thank you again for your ears. We want to incorporate your questions on the podcast. Please email us at hello at adundergrad.com. And don't forget to follow us on all platforms at The Ad Undergrad. Tune in next time as we capture more paths of industry practitioners.